Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We spoke to Dave Reeves, CEO of Caladus Resources ASX, Gold Developer, soon to be producer, and he gives us a bit of a catch up on how things have progressed since we spoke to him last April and plans for the rest of this year. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation and the company itself, you can get that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, along with company reports, commentary from market experts from around the world, training videos, and summaries of other interviews that we, that we have done. And of course, there's a thriving community of like-minded, wonderful investors on there sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. And if you want to try now, there's a seven-day free trial. Dave, how are you doing, sir? Very good in yourself, Matt. Yeah, good. We haven't spoken since April. Um, you've been a busy boy. The world's changed. Uh, so I thought, time for an update, right? Absolutely. It, it has been a busy time. We might be locked behind our borders here in Western Australia, but uh, let's just crack on with things. Good lad, good lad. Okay. Well, look, since we last spoke, share prices uh, doubled. It was never in any doubt, obviously. Um, you must be delighted. Must be delighted with that reaction. Is that you or is that the market? Yeah, look, we're, we're very happy with their share prices, but we think it's you know, still got a long way to go when you look at it on any metric. So, uh, you know, I think as we tick, continue to tick boxes, we would expect to see that uh, that continue. Good. Okay. Well, look, um, why don't we, for people new to the story, give them that one-minute overview of the business, then we're going to get into the sort of catch-up from what you've done since April. Okay. Calidus Resources listed on the ASX, uh, looking to develop the Warrawoona Gold Mine next year here in Western Australia in the Pilbara. Uh, looking at around a 90,000 ounce per annum uh, mine, peaking up to 105,000 ounces per annum, low cost, high margin, uh, ticking all the boxes and and now starting construction as we speak. Yeah, okay. So when we spoke in April, you talked to me about, you know, shortcutting various processes, just trying to move things along at pace, building the 100,000 ounce um, plant by, uh, well, getting into production by the end of next year. Um, where are you with that component? Because that seemed obviously quite critical. There were there were permits outstanding, money to be got, um, and a DFS which was sort of in the making at the time. So where are you? Yeah, so a lot has happened. Um, you know, it's obviously a great market for gold. So we did tap into that with a 25 million raising, uh, I think it was around July. Uh, and that's helped us commit to a, a lot of things in the meantime. Um, we got EPA approval, Environmental Protection Agency approval, ministerial sign-off. Uh, that's allowed us uh, to commence early works. That's um, access road, installing the village, water, comms, etc. So that's actually happening as we speak now. Uh, that's also allowed us to apply for all our operating permits for next year. Um, as you mentioned, we've completed the bankable study. We put that out earlier this week. Uh, hasn't really changed a lot, you know, as, as you'd hopefully expect, um, based on how recently we updated that with a, a pre-fees. Um, but what that does is the, the feasibility now allows us to enter into binding term sheets on financing, you know, debt side, etc. Um, so, you know, sometime in the coming quarter, actually this quarter, we're in October, here we go, quarter four for the calendar year, um, we'll be announcing the, uh, the debt funding of that as well. Uh, and I suppose the only other big news is we have signed a binding term sheet to acquire a very high grade satellite deposit 
nearby that we see bringing into the, the Greater Warrawoona project as well and, and increasing ounce production per annum and cash flow. So yeah, all in all, a busy time since we last spoke. Sounds like sounds like a long way to go, but you, you've achieved a lot in a, in a short space of time. You said you would. Um, can we just, just stick on the um, the plant bit? Okay, so I get you've raised twenty five million bucks, and that's going to that's kind of free you up to do a lot of things. But let's talk about the debt component. I mean, what's the reaction been in the market at the moment? Is debt cheap? Is it expensive? I mean, what do those conversations look like for you? It really depends on the debt provider. Uh, your conventional banks are reasonably cheap, uh, but generally take quite a bit of time and have a lot of requirements for that debt. Um, size of hedging, etc. Your PE funds are generally more expensive, but quicker to react and less onerous in their requirements. And in between, you've got various other providers. Um, we haven't limited just to debt. We are looking at uh, some sort of mezzanine finance, let's call it, or quasi-equity finance. We're happy to look at royalties, etc. Um, there's a lot of money washing around in that space at the moment. So we're sort of bringing them all into the pot and we'll, we'll see what the, uh, the chef cooks up and what we think is the best outcome. No, I get, I get it. But, that, but that's kind of generic standard answer, right? But, but what, what does the board prefer? What do you think you're going to be able to achieve in, the, in this environment is where I was getting. I, what's the cost of the money for the ideal route for you guys? Because I know there's trade-offs, there's arbitrage, but, but where's your head at? So... The more debt you take on, the better for current shareholders, the less dilution, the better MPV per share. End of story. So we are trying to minimise future equity. And if you look at the cheapest debt versus the most expensive on an MPV per share basis, it's got less than 5% difference between the most expensive and least expensive on an MPV per share. So the the actual um, uh, interest rate of that debt, the cost of that debt, is actually irrelevant. It's the quantum of the debt uh, that really impacts returns for current shareholders. Yeah, but you know the quantum of, of, the, of the debt that you're after. So, so what's it, what's it going to mean for you guys going forward? Are you, this has got to be a great environment for you to go and raise money. It's got to be cheaper, surely, because your market cap's doubled. You know, since May. The, the positive gold environment in Australia is, is great for you guys. There seems to be money washing around for gold companies. It's got to be easy, hasn't it? Oh, look, there's a lot of interest. Um, you know, when you're talking to financiers and banks, it's never easy. Uh, by the time you get down into the 200 pages of fine print and uh, try and work out exactly where they're trying to put the hooks in. Uh, so, no, there's a lot of work to do on that. We will come up with a binding term sheet this quarter. Um, documentation generally takes another two months after that. Okay, so pretty accelerated. You must be advanced. You must know where you're heading. We have a very good idea on where we're heading. Oh, you're tough. You're tough. Okay, what are you? You've built uh, you've built a few of these before. You built a few mines before. You've been involved with, with the build of a, a few mines before yourself, and as have some of the other team here. So, what are the what are the kind of red flags for you going forward? Um, that, that you're particularly paying a lot of attention to to make sure they don't fall over between now and um, actually being able to commission GNG? Yeah, so look, fundamentally, having the team in place, um, we've employed you know one of the best general managers in Australia going around, Don Russell, recently for that. 
So to have him on board, you know, certainly makes me sleep easier at night. I've worked with Don in the past. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of the senior team. We've got our mining manager, our GM manager, um, business services manager all in place already. So they have feet under the table. They're taking ownership of this development and moving through. So that's very important. Um, you know, we've gone, we've announced our preferred contractors, two very well-known contractors in Australia. Um, so that's McMahon's and Mining and GR Engineering and the plant who built the last few gold plants in Western Australia. So tried and tested contractors, good balance sheets. Um, so tick those boxes. You know, permitting, we're, we're pretty well on top of. Um, so we don't see any issues there. And then obviously the single biggest risk on any mine is grade. Um, you know, we've drawn this deposit out at 12 and a half by 12 and a half metre spacing at surface. Um, you know, you can't drill it much more intensely than that for, for where we are. So we think we've got a very good handle on geology and grade. And, and we believe we are you know, continuing to de-risk the project day by day. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, I think it's just interesting for people to understand that, you know, the usual thing, what keeps you awake at night sort of conversation. But specifically, those are the big long poles in the tent for you. Okay. Um, can we, can we talk about, you know, the production levels? Because you're aiming for, what, eight, 85,000 85, ounces per annum, right? What's, what's the ramp up on that? Because I, I, I remember back to the conversation before, is it a fairly short life of mine on this? You know, you're aiming for 85,000 for the first six years out of eight eight-year life of mine, aren't you? Has that changed? It has changed. We're up to 90,000 ounces average now, and we peak at 105,000 ounces in the sixth year of production. Mm-hmm. Um, seventh year, we're still at 80,000. So we've, we've increased the underground production rate in the bankable, which has increased that. Uh, on top of this will come our blue spec acquisition. We'll bring that out in the coming quarter. Scoping, you now we see another 30 to 40,000 ounces per annum coming on top, so suddenly you're at 120 to 130,000 ounce per annum. In that time, those deposits are open, Klondike is open, we're drilling down beneath it at the moment for further underground. So this mine life will go for a lot longer, um, but we're not going to spend a lot more money proving out resources in 10 years' time. What we want to do is add production in the near term, add cash flow in the near term and leverage that um, infrastructure we'll be putting in to maximise returns. Has the, because again, again, when we spoke, you were around sort of um, 1,250 Aussie, which is about 900 US in terms of your ASIC. Has, has that evolved? Yeah, look, there has been a tiny bit of creep. We're about 1,290 on the feasibility, just odds and sods, a bit on processing line of wear, a bit on um, camp costs, flights. There's just been a bit of creep across that. But all in all, you know, the feasibility is based on hard contracted numbers now. Um, so, you know, we're happy with the numbers where we've got and keeping it under 1,300 Aussie, we're very happy with. Yeah, and under 1,000 US, uh, just for people to try and understand. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so you're, you're working on that, and I guess you'll, you'll, you'll update us how you're getting on with it, kind of extending the life of mine that way. But you, you've kind of, kind of shortcutted a process in a way with regards to the acquisition of Blue Spec. Now, that's a high-grade uh, project. So Why? It doesn't seem to fit in with what you've got at the moment. So as part of our project, we've got a big conventional CIL plant. Um, Three milling produces gold bars at sort of 2 to 2.4 million tonne per annum. But on the side of it, we've got a little 100,000 tonne per annum flotation plant for 
these little high-grade refractory deposits, of which we've got one. Um, and we were originally going to just fire that plant up for a year, produce a, a concentrate for sale from one of these six-gram ore bodies we've got nearby, and shut it down. Blue spec um, reacts very well to flotation as well. Uh, it's got stibnite in it, antimony, so we can produce an antimony gold con, very high grade. We basically get paid 100% of the gold value the antimony pays for that smelting, um, and we can utilise that infrastructure for another five, six, seven years. Um, so we're not displacing ore, we're just using our infrastructure to its, its maximum. Okay, and what's that going to do for the bottom line? Well, if you, you know, looked at 40,000 ounces per annum, for instance, and you used a you know, similar all-in sustaining cost, it should be less, but let's use a similar. Yeah, that's 60, 70 million Aussie a year, let's call it 50 million US a year extra cash flow without any, any extra capex by the start of the underground at, at Bluespec. But I mean, in dollar terms, what was, what was it going to do for you, do you think? And what you're going to do with the cash that uh, well, you generate yeah. from it, you know, because you know you, you you've gone and bought that. Is there other land acquisition that you've got in mind? Is it going to pay off your debt quicker? I mean, how, how do you? Why, well, why have you why have I you made the acquisition basically? Well, we made the acquisition because it's hugely value accretive. End of story. Increase out production, increase cash flow, uh, pays for itself in a few months once it's in production. So that's why we've done it. What we do with that cash, well, that seems quite a way away. We've got to build it, make it, and then we can determine. But, you know, certainly as a large shareholder, I'd be pretty excited about dividends myself. But the market hasn't reacted. It doesn't seem to have given you any credit for it. You, you think it's better than the market does. Why is that? Uh, I think we will be putting out an updated resource and scoping study in the coming quarter. And I think once those metrics are out, let's, let's have this conversation again and see what the market thinks. Good, good. I hope they do. Um, what about other land packages? Do you, do you th are, there, are there more things around there which yeah. you think you could take advantage of? Oh, absolutely. Once we've got a mill there, you know, we become the dominant player in the East Pilbara. So, fantastic position to be in. We can leverage off it. You know, in the short term, I, I think we've got enough on our hands. We've got lots of exploration to do on our current tenement package. You know, if an opportunistic acquisition comes up, we'll always look at it. Um, but I think our focus really now is building, producing gold, producing money, showing what all these things bring together and at the same time doing exploration to show extra mine life. Okay. So look, if I look at share price, obviously double since we spoke in April, great news. I mean, shut up. Um, but you talk about potential for re-rate. You don't think it's fully valued yet. So what are the things that you're going to have to deliver to get new people looking at this interested? Because you know, right now I think, oh, crikey, I've missed the boat. These guys have, these guys have uh, seen a huge jump in there value, uh, I better look elsewhere. Why, why shouldn't they? Uh, on any metric, we are undervalued. Have a look at the analyst reports on our website. Uh, on an EV per ounce, uh, EV per free cash flow versus any producer, as we take that step into production, um, you know there are multiples still to be had uh, on our share price. And I think once we show that funding in particular in the coming quarter, you know I think that's one of the, the key uh, items to release that handbrake. Right. Okay. I think I always, I always take analyst covers with a pinch of salt because you, know, you guys are paying them to write nice things about you. And that's the way it works, right? So you know, we don't pay them. We don't pay them for the coverage down here. No, no, not allowed to. Not allowed to. But they, but they, they have a job to do. They sell, they sell you to their clients. So, um, I mean, genuinely, if you look 
like I say, I, I want to kind of real. Com- I had a real conversation with you last time. You're an honest guy. Um, with regards to you know what's coming up over the next six months, there's there's a lot to deliver. I know you've achieved a lot in the last you know few months, but there's a lot to deliver. Um, what is genuinely the moment that people should be looking for? Is it the you know first shovel in the ground with regards to the, the plant? Because you talk about construction's underway, but what are the big moments that really make a difference when you're building a mine? Look, we've we've looked at quite a few uh, other companies that have been going through development recently and trying to work out what was the catalyst that, that released the handbrake for them. And they're never the same, and they tend to be a slow release as you move towards production. But certainly getting the funding in place is important. Finalising the permits is important. Um, and just building is important. You know, As you get closer and closer to gold, the market becomes more and more excited. So it really is just uh, a gentle progression from here, I think. Right. And do you think, you know, could we, again, we talked last time about being a single asset. I know you made this kind of small acquisition of Blue Spec. Um, do you think you're going to need to do more to kind of get, you know, move move up the food chain, as it were? So, uh, you know, a step we quite often talk about is a single asset company, which even with Blue Spec, we're still a single asset. It's really one plant. Um, trades are generally multiples of around three times EBITDA, market cap EBITDA is threefold. Multiple assets trade at around five times. So you can get a lot more value by building into a multi-asset company. Uh, and why wouldn't you do that? You know, don't become emotionally attached to these things. You know, so we'll, we'll certainly look at that. But I think we need to add value by getting into production. And once you're in production, it's a lot easier to look at those scenarios. Okay. Um, Alcane, I asked you if Alcane were going to invest in the next round, and did they? Yes, they followed their money. They said they would like to participate with more, but um, we're very happy with their current holding and their current relationship. So, yep, they followed their rights um, and remain a supportive shareholder. Yeah, because they've, they've got a fair chunk of change there. I mean, are they not part of the solution in terms of growth? Or I mean, are you genuinely saying, I've got we've got to get this thing into production, that's all we care about at the moment? But I keep coming back to the single asset thing. The re-rate thing is important. You know, are they? How important is Alking? Will they help or hinder you? Oh, look, they've only been helpful to date, and I don't see that why that would not continue. Um, you know, they, they've stated since day one that they see this as a, you know, a very good investment by helping us into production. They'll make a lot of money now. Whether they decide to then sell out and use that money on their own projects, whether we have other discussions about putting operations together. I don't think Nick's shy either about saying it makes sense at some point, but certainly for our shareholders, I think the the most sensible thing for us is to get into production, get that value into our share price, and then have sensible discussions um, with Alcane and others. Right. And the reason I'm kind of pushing on this one is because, you know, that's potentially a massive overhang. If they've got other problems themselves or other focuses themselves, elsewhere and they do decide to kind of cash in without involving you as part of that process, it's, it's a problem, right? So I just wanted to understand the, the nature of the relationship that you have. You know, are you working on things together going forward or are they just a kind of passive passenger? No, look, we, we're separate companies, separate boards. Um, they do their thing, we do ours. Uh, we keep chatting to each other, um, but that's about it. Um, but as I say, they've been incredibly supportive to date, and we don't see that changing going forward. Okay. 
Dave, thanks for the update. Um, fantastic uh, few months. Well done. You did what you said you were going to do, which we always like to see. Uh, market has reacted. Um, let's see how they react when you start delivering some of these other components. Appreciate your time. Thanks for your time. Watch this space next three months. It's going to be very exciting. It should be a happy Christmas for all caliber shareholders, I hope. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.